Hey everybody, howdy, good morning. Glad you're here, let's stand up. It's gonna be a great day of worship today. Good day to come thank God for all you have, right? Here we go, bands, let's go.
celebrate God's presence and call out to Him.
I get so inspired when we sing about stuff like that. I'm like, come out of my skin. Man, that's the reason for our faith, guys. The name of Jesus, what he did, it, it really happened. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he keeps doing it. And he's breaking strongholds. He's breaking chains. And I'm telling you what, guys, today we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit and what God can do and how he can move through our life. So let's be open to those things and let God break some chains. Let God break some strongholds, and let God move in, in our life. So I'm so glad you're here. My name is Billy. I'm one of your pastors here, so thanks so much for hanging out with us today. Hey, before you have a seat, uh, say hi to somebody around you. We'll see you back in just a second. Thanks. Good morning again, everybody. Hey, before you get too settled, if you just take a second to uh, scoot to, uh, towards the center of the row, we just want to make sure that there's uh, seats available for other people as they come in as well. Well, hey, I'm Adam Harbaugh. I'm one of the, the pastors here at Hopevale. Uh, our outreach pastor, which leads into what we're doing up here this morning. If you've been around Hopevale for a while, you know that you know, we are a church of small groups. We call them community groups. And some of the primary purposes of community groups are to get people together so that they can connect to each other, they can grow together, and they can get out there and serve. And we have a lot of community groups doing a lot of different work on various projects all around this community, and they do awesome stuff uh, serving together. In addition to that, we also put together teams of people to serve alongside of our outreach partners all over the world. And so uh, this, this group of people on the stage with me this morning uh, is one of those teams, and they are going to be traveling to Guaymate, Dominican Republic, next Friday and spend the following week serving there in that community. There's a K through uh, ninth grade school that we support there. And so they're going to be doing uh, an arts and science camp as well as uh, putting on a medical clinic for people in that community and the surrounding areas. So it's just awesome to see uh, the way that the Lord pulls this group of people together so that they can go serve in his name in a location, a culture that is very different to our own right here. And so we're just, uh, we're just trusting God with them that he is going to go before them and just have uh, an awesome week in store as he just has a plan for them as they go and to reveal himself to them in some new and fresh ways and to encourage them, you know, not only to serve the Lord while they're there in Guayamate, but just to bring that sense back to their everyday lives and, and be on mission right here uh, in Saginaw and the surrounding area as well. So we just want to take a moment to pray for the team as they go, and let's do that now. Heavenly Father, it is a privilege to be able to serve you. Lord, and as a church, uh, we're just grateful for the partnerships that you have entrusted to us. And so, uh, God, for our partnership with Team Hope, just thanks for this ongoing relationship that we've had for years to be able to help build into the school and the kids and the teachers there in Guayamate. God, and as this team goes there next week, we just pray uh, your hand of protection would be on them as they they travel, uh, as they bond together as a group, and as they serve others in your name. And God, that everybody that they come in contact with, every conversation that they have, every interaction at the medical clinic, God, that it would all be for the purpose of uh, sharing your love with them. God, that your presence would just uh, be felt through them as they serve. And Lord, we just pray for uh, Jim and John as they lead the team and for the entire team together, that you would just uh, knit them together to be of one spirit, just unify them 
as they serve you together. And may they just be an incredible reflection of your love and who you are to the people of Guayamate. Lord, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We just give them a hand as a show of support for them going. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Hey, if, if a mission trip through Hopevale sounds like something that might be uh, of interest to you, I would just encourage you to check out our website under the Serve tab. Uh, there's a button you can click uh, that is Mission Trip Opportunities, and you can visit that anytime to get a sense of what trips we have coming up and just prayerfully consider being a part of one of these teams going to various places around the world in the future. Uh, and along the lines of checking out the website, there's also, if you just scroll down a little bit on the site, a button called Summer Schedule. We just would encourage you to check that out uh, as we're in this summer schedule. There's some just various things happening re related to children's ministries on Sunday morning. We also have the family venue, uh, which is down here uh, at the end of the hallway, open. Uh, the space with uh, round tables and chairs and coloring uh, pads and, and paper for the kids. So just kind of a laid-back environment. If you've got some kids that uh, need to be in a space like that, that will be open for you, both services throughout the summer. Well, as we continue in our worship service this morning, uh, we're going to enter into to a time of preparing to give. So I want to invite the ushers to come forward. And as they come forward, just, uh, just a reminder to all of us, especially if you're a first-time person here this morning, we really do not intend this to put uh, you on the spot or to indicate any pressure to give or anything like that. You know, for those of us who consider Hopevale our church uh, family and home, you know, this is just something that we do as an act of worship to, to give to the Lord through this local congregation. So really no pressure for you to give. Our encouragement would just be that you would just be able to sit back and uh, consider this service our gift to you as you put yourself in a position to hear uh, what the Lord wants to communicate to you this morning. So as we uh, prepare to give, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, again, we thank you so much for who you are and just the opportunity uh, that we have to serve you with our lives and to give back to you a portion of what you have entrusted to us. Lord, it really is our heart, uh, our heart's desire as a church that you would take and use these resources to further your kingdom here on this earth. God, it is not just about what happens inside of this building, but it's our heart to mobilize people for ministry outside the walls of this church. God, and so whether that's us doing that as individuals or as part of a community group or a mission team from Hopevale, God, would you just, uh, your presence, just indwell us as we live our lives so that you may receive the glory as we reflect your love to a broken and hurting world. So God, just take and use these gifts to your glory this morning. We love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a song that many of us probably know. Some of you may not know if you're new with us, but it's a song called Holy Spirit, and it's a very powerful song for a lot of us who know it and love it. You know, for a lot of people, God is a hard sell. But once they get past the God piece, they believe that God actually made this place. They can come down to the Jesus piece and say, wow, I, I, I really believe that Jesus, you died for my sin and, and that, um, that I can have eternity with you. And then we learn more in a deeper way what the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does 
as a comforter and a friend and an encourager, as we're told in Scripture. So we're told in Scripture that the Holy Spirit moves and works. And for those of us who followed God for some time, we know that the Holy Spirit is very powerful and can move and work in our life. So we're expecting that today, uh, right now, in these moments, in this song, for God to move through His Spirit. As we call out to God's Spirit to say, God, would you come through your Spirit? You're welcome here. Flood this place. Let's all pray that together and see what God does, friends. Amber's going to lead us. Let's see. There's nothing worth more. Just stay seated. Here we go. Stay. 
place and be here in an unmistakable way. God, that we'd be reminded again of the power of our Creator and the power of our Savior and the power of the one who's with us now through your Spirit. God, thank you for that reminder. That's why so many of us come to be reminded that you're here and we're not alone, we're not doing this life alone and that there's something after all this. So God, would you speak to us in greater ways today as we encounter your word, as we encounter your scriptures. We ask your blessing on Pastor Ken as he prepares to preach. God, that the words of his mouth will give you praise. We pray as a church today and say it together, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, gang. Have a seat. Welcome, everyone. What a, what a great morning so far, right? Just to come and praise the Lord together to be in this place as brothers and sisters in Christ. We're glad some of you are visiting with us as well. And then to commission our Dominican Republic team and worship God through giving. What a good morning. David said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go up to the house of the Lord. And so I, I hope you feel glad this morning that you have come up to the house of the Lord, that you're in this place where the presence of the Lord is. So uh, I'm, I'm Pastor Ken. I'm an associate senior pastor here at Hopevale Church. We just passed 13 years. Can you believe it? I mean, it, it doesn't seem that long, but we've been, oh, thank you. We've been here for a good while, and God just continues to, to bless us and challenge our hearts too, and the, the work that he has called all of us to in this community. So it's been awesome. Okay, so since we just passed 4th of July, I want to ask you a few questions. So how many of you saw fireworks sometime this week? Doesn't matter when it was. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that, that was the softball question. That was, that was the easy one. We have a patriotic group this morning. That's great. So how many of you uh, shot off your own fireworks this week? Okay. A few people like, is, is that legal? Is that, can, I, can we do that? How big were they? You know, this, yeah, good. And then uh, last question, how many of you this morning, you overachievers, you, you are still wearing something red, white, and blue this morning? Okay. Be proud. Yeah. Good. Good. Awesome. Awesome. And by the way, for those of you who shot off fireworks, uh, thank you, neighbors. <laughs> you know, uh, you can't even sleep at night in our neighborhood. It's, oh, it's crazy. But no, that's good. And maybe the first song in our sermon series ought to be, God bless the USA. What do you think? Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah, but God bless the USA, right? That's, well, we are starting a, a new message series this morning. We're calling it More Than a Song. And we have a, really a very simple idea. We just, we want to take worship songs that we sing here at Hopevale, 
a variety of worship songs. And just take a little more time to look at the words and see how they fit with Scripture, more of what uh, God teaches about some of the themes and the words of the songs. And then look again at how God wants to use these truths from His Word expressed through these worship songs in our lives now. So kind of a simple idea. We'll look at one song each week. And this morning, we want to look at the song you may have guessed, Holy Spirit. Did you guess? It's like, that's got to be the song. Come on. That's got to be the song, right? Yeah, and it is. Holy Spirit. Uh, it's, it's a song written by Katie and Brian Torwalt. They're worship leaders at a church in Sacramento, California, a church called Jesus Culture. And they've written a number of really good songs, and this is one of them. And uh, you may have, if you listen to Christian radio, you may have heard this song quite a bit on Christian radio by Francesca Battistelli, right? She sings this song uh, so well. So let's, let's take just a minute and look at the words a little more closely, okay? Let's look at the words. You'll see them on the slides up here. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. No thing can compare your our living hope, your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of love where my heart becomes clean and my shame is undone. Your presence, Lord. And then the chorus, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place, fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence. And then the song, it repeats those lines, but then the song ends with two lines that are really good. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. You know, so just at face value, what are, what are some of the words that are repeated in this song? What do you say? Anybody? Yeah, your, your presence. Did I hear somebody say it? Yeah. Yeah, Holy Spirit, obviously, yeah. Yeah, yeah, your presence. So this is a song about the presence of God. And as you pointed out, the, God's presence is connected with the Holy Spirit. So what does the Bible teach us about that? What does the Bible teach What's it tell us about the presence of God? And we, we want to spend some time there this morning, and I hope this will be encouraging and, and personal for you. Um, this song is, um, it's, it's a few things, really. It's a, it's a testimony, it's a prayer, and it's a plea. I mean, you see the testimony, there's nothing worth more. You know, these songwriters, there's nothing worth more. Nothing comes close nothing can compare to your presence, Lord. So there is nothing more valuable. That's a songwriter's testimony. God, then your presence with us. But he goes on uh, in that second sentence, I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free, my shame is undone. So the song is partly a testimony. You know, I, I've in some way... I've experienced the presence of God, and it's changing my life, right? You see that? And I, I hope you can identify with these words that you've experienced in some way, sometime you've experienced the presence of God in your life, and God is changing you, that you, that you are, are growing more to say, you know, God's work in my life, God's presence in my life is, is it's becoming more valuable to me. It's nothing can compare. It's becoming more valuable. So I hope that's your testimony 
this morning as well. But the song is also a prayer, and that's the chorus especially, where these songwriters just pray to the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And would you please come and flood this place and fill the atmosphere? So it's a prayer. And it should be our prayer as well. And finally, the song is a plea. And these are those last two lines. And I can't really decide. It's like, let us become more aware of your presence. Is, is it part of the prayer? I think it is. Part of the prayer to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, let us, let all of us become more aware of your presence. Let us become or experience the glory of your goodness. But I, I think it's also not just a plea to the Lord, but I think it's a plea to one another. Hey, everybody, let's become, let's be a church that becomes more aware of the presence of God among us. And, and let's be a church, let's be a people that experiences the glory of God's goodness. Let's make it real, right? So I think it's... Um, a plea to the Lord is a plea to one another. So the song, you know, very simply, it, it is a testimony. It is a prayer in part. It's a, it's a plea to the Lord to one another. Um, but it's, again, focusing all on the presence of God. God's present in us. God's present among us. Uh, especially connected to the Holy Spirit. And that God's, God's presence is so valuable. It's worth more than anything on this earth. It's life-changing, right? And it's possible. It's possible to be a people uh, that experiences the presence of God. So I want to talk about God's presence in three ways this morning. Just look, take the main theme of this song and let's connect this to Scripture. Let's, let's connect this to us. And then let's talk about our response to it. So I want to do that in three ways. We'll talk about the reality of God's presence. And then secondly, our responsibility for God's. We have some responsibility here as well, as we'll see in the Scripture. And then what's our response to all this? I mean, where do we go from here on a nice, sunny summer Sunday at Hopevale Church? So the reality of God's presence, our responsibility for God's presence among us, and then our response to all this. Well, the reality is God is fully present everywhere. Everywhere. The Bible teaches that. God is fully present everywhere. God said through Jeremiah the prophet, am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them? Do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth? I'm nearby. I'm far away. See, this is a verse that talks about God being fully present everywhere. And David writes in Psalm 139. This is a psalm that we, a few years back, we taught through as a church. We memorized together. Some of you remember this. It's a good psalm to memorize. And David says here, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, west to east, even there, your hand will guide me, right? So God, where do I go? And you see what he's doing, right? If I, if I go up to the highest heavens, God, you are 
there you are fully present. It, but if I were to go to the depths of the seat, you are fully there. From the farthest place east to the farthest place west, you are fully there. You see what he's saying? Theologians call this God's omnipresence. Omni just means all. That God is all present. That he's fully present everywhere. Think about that for just a minute. It's, it'll stretch your, stretch your mind this morning. God is fully present everywhere. That means God, if he were to open our eyes, we would see him just like we see each other here with us. He is fully present with us. But he's fully present in Petoskey, where maybe some of Hopevale members are this morning, right? He's fully present in Paducah, Kentucky. He's fully present in Gaiamate, Dominican Republic. God is fully present. Not, not part of God over here. He's got a, a toe here and a finger here. And, you know, that's, that's not what Scripture teaches us, does it? It teaches us that God is all there everywhere. Wow. Wow. That'll stretch your mind, won't it? But that's who our God is. He's fully present everywhere. But not only that, you find, you find in the Bible that God chooses to be specially and even visibly present at certain times, certain places. God is specially present at specific places. So in the Old Testament, one of the first places you run into this is in the tabernacle. So when the people of Israel had come out of Egypt, they had been slaves, and God freed them and brought them out. One of the first things he did, he brought them to a mountain, Mount Sinai, and gave them his moral law and gave them instructions for worship. And those instructions for worship, including the building of a temporary temple or a tabernacle, a tent, it was called the Tent of Meeting. And so they built this, they gathered all the materials, the cloth and uh, the gold and everything that went into this, this temporary worship place. And when they had put everything together, the Bible says this, Exodus 40, it says, then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle and Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The glory of the Lord, the Shekinah, the, the light, the shining, that's all glory means. Just the, the shining, the light of God filled this tent. And it was a big tent, and it was a beautiful tent, but it was, it was a tent. It was a specific place in the, in the desert. And then after the, the nation settled in the land of Israel, uh, King David prayed, this is 500 years later, but he prayed about building a permanent tabernacle, a temple in Jerusalem uh, for the Lord and for the Lord's worship. And God said, no, not you, but your son Solomon will build a temple. You remember the story. And, and so Solomon, again, gathers material, and this temple was just beautiful. We we had a chance uh, earlier this spring to stand on the Temple Mount where Solomon's temple had been built. And it was just, it's not there now. It will be again. That's a, that's a whole different message series, but um, it will be again. But 
Uh, it was just amazing to stand there and think, man, there was once a beautiful, tall temple here that was dedicated to the worship of God, but not only dedicated to God's worship, it was a special place where God's presence was experienced, where God's presence was even seen. So the temple was built and put together. First Kings 8 tells us that when the priests withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord, and the priests could not perform their services because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled his temple. Isn't that amazing? Think about that. That yes, God is present everywhere at all times, but that God has chosen to be specially present in certain places at certain times. And that was true of the tabernacle, the temporary worship place, and it was true of the temple, the, the more permanent um, place of worship for God's people, the nation of Israel. Solomon even, he prays this amazing prayer in 1 Kings chapter 8. But one of the things Solomon says in this prayer is, God, how can you dwell in one place? You are God. You, you're present everywhere. But yet you have chosen to dwell in this place you, for your presence to be known in this temple. And we're humbled and we're thankful, and he, he goes on to pray. So it's just amazing. And in Jesus, God was and is, but while Jesus was on earth, God was specially and visibly present, right? God's glory dwelt. It resided in God's Son, the Lord Jesus. And that's why John chapter 1, verse 14 says, the Word, or Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. There's that word again. The shining, the light of God's presence. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who's come from the Father, full of grace and truth. Colossians 2.9, the Apostle Paul says, for in Christ all the fullness of God dwells in bodily form. What's it saying? When Jesus was on earth, he was God's temple. God's presence lived fully within him. Jesus showed perfectly the glory of God, the presence of God. And Jesus recognized that. He knew that. On his last night on earth, he, he challenged his disciples. If, if you have seen me, John 14, 9, you, you've seen the Father. Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. You've seen God. You're experiencing the very presence of God. But what about now? What about now? So the tabernacle is long gone. The temple was destroyed in AD 70. Jesus has lived on this earth. He died for us. He rose again. He ascended back to heaven. So physically, Jesus is not here. So what about now? Yes, God is fully present everywhere, but are there places, are there times that God is specially present now? And the answer is yes. Yes, he is. And do you know where? In us as individual believers and among us as God's people, the church. We are individually and we are corporately 
the dwelling place of God. God is present. So let's look at that. So God is present through his Holy Spirit in us individually. The Holy Spirit is with us. He lives within us. And Jesus promised this. Again, this is the last night of Jesus' life on, on earth. He's teaching his disciples, encouraging them, and he says this to them. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate or another comforter or helper to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, and look at this, for he lives with you and what? He will be in you, within you. So the Holy Spirit's with you, but he will be in you. See, this is a special change. This is the, what Jesus called the, the new covenant time that he came to start. See, before God gave us his, God gave us his moral law, he even said, love your neighbor as yourself. That's, that's not a New Testament verse. That comes from the Old Testament, Leviticus 18. So God's moral law was given to us a long time ago, and God's expectation that we love him with all of our heart, that we love our neighbor as ourself, that was given to us, but we had one problem. We couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. Because inside, the fall happened. Our hearts were darkened. Sin had sway and influence in our lives and even on the inside, right? So we can fake it, but can we really love God with all of our heart? And we can do what we should do because that's what it means to be respectable, but do we really love others as we love ourselves, right? And that's, but the Old Testament prophets, inspired by the Holy Spirit, began to talk about a time, a new covenant time, a new time, when the Holy Spirit would come in a special way and bring the presence of God within us, that we would be changed. You see, when you become a Christian, there's a lot that happens. You know, one, one Bible student says there's like over 50 different things that happen when you trust in Christ, right? And it's, it's an amazing thing. But, but yes, we're forgiven. And yes, we're made a child of God and we have right standing before God. We call that justification. Yet all these things happen. And yet God just doesn't say, okay, you're forgiven. Now go out and try to do better. That's not what the Lord does with us. He says you're forgiven because of Jesus' payment for all of our sins. And you are my child. Yes, that's true. And you're even an heir with Jesus Christ. But God does something even more amazing. He lives within us through his Holy Spirit. He comes alongside our hearts and he comes alongside our will and our emotions and our, our thinking and the Holy Spirit operates from within us because otherwise we could never please God, especially from our hearts. We just couldn't do it. So that's the new covenant time that we live in. The Holy Spirit lives within us individually. Jesus said that he would. And then Paul writes these words, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. He says, Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit 
who is in you, whom you have received from God, you are not your own. So honor God in your bodies and in your souls because they belong to God. So he says, don't, don't you know? This is a fact, believers. Don't you know that your bodies individually are temples of the Holy Spirit? See what he's saying? In the Old Testament, there was the, the tabernacle and God's glory and God's presence came and, and was there in a special way. And, and then the temple was built and God's presence was there. And in Jesus, while he was on earth, he, he was filled with God's glory, perfectly expressed the presence of God. But now it's us. Now it's us. In these times, this new covenant time, the Holy Spirit has come and he lives within us. We are that temple of God. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? That we are not, as Billy said earlier, we are not ever alone. God is with us. But we have a, we have a helper. We have a convictor. We have a challenger. We have an encourager. Romans 8 says, His Spirit or the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. All these things are happening because the Holy Spirit lives within us. Yeah. And, but he not only lives within us, the Holy Spirit dwells among us as a church. God is not only specially present within each of us as believers in Jesus Christ, but he is specially present among us as the body of Christ, as the church of Christ. You see, in the New Testament, the church is never talked about as a location, ever. It's never go to church for New Testament believers, ever. It's always talking about us as a people, as God's people, as the gathering of God's people, whether we're gathered here on Sunday morning or whether we're gathered, gathered in a community group or with Christian friends. We have the Holy Spirit working among us as a group of believers in Jesus Christ. So Ephesians 2 says this, in Christ Jesus, the whole building, now Paul, he's using building as a, a word picture of the people of the church, not the building, not this, not the structure, but us as a people. So in Christ Jesus, the whole building, the people of God, are joined together and rise to become a holy, what? Temple. There it is again. That sacred dwelling place of God. A holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. The whole building is the church. And when we trusted in Christ, God, God put us in a family. He put us in a, a, an assembly, a group of people, the church. And his intention is to build us together so that the Holy Spirit is free to work among us. And you notice something here. As an individual Christian, when you trust in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live within you, and he will never leave you. Because it's not based on what I do and my performance, but it's based on what Jesus has already done. The Holy Spirit stays within us, the Bible says, until the day of redemption. That is, until we walk into heaven, the Holy Spirit lives within us. He will never leave us. Right? 
But Paul says something a little different here in Ephesians 2. He, he says that we are being built, that this is a process, that it's not automatic that the Holy Spirit is just working freely among us and that we are always experiencing the presence of God in a powerful uh, an almost tangible way. He says we're being built together as a dwelling place for God by His Spirit. And as the Holy Spirit is free to dwell among us as Hopevale Church, He changes our lives, He grows us up in Christ, and He allows us to experience more and more of the presence and the power of God. And as the Holy Spirit is free to work among us, we together show one another who Jesus really is. And we show people outside this church who Jesus really is. That this isn't just, it isn't one more religious gathering among a lot of different religious gatherings that happen in this community, but that God is present. There, there's something happening there that's something different, something divine. Something's going on there that people who need Jesus or people who know Jesus but have had a tough time in a church and have struggled to grow or they've had problems, they're drawn to, they're attracted to. Not because we're perfect, of course not, but because the Holy Spirit is free to work among us. That's what God wants to do. He lives within us, His presence is in us individually. Every man, every woman who knows Christ and then his presence is among us corporately. God's special presence isn't automatic. And yes, we have the Holy Spirit individually, as I said. He will never leave us until the day of redemption. But, but God's work among us, his presence among us through his Holy Spirit, the freedom that he has to work and change us, heal us, make us represent the Lord in our community, that's not automatic. Wayne Grudem writes that the Holy Spirit gives stronger or weaker evidence of the presence and blessing of God according to our response to him. Let me read that again. The Holy Spirit gives stronger or weaker evidence of the presence and blessing of God according to what? Our response to him. That is, God is more free to work among us. We're, we experience more of his presence among us as we respond well to him, as we respond rightly to him. So what's our responsibility then for God's presence? Is there something that we need to think about that we need to do? And the Bible says that there is. So, but think for a minute about the, the chorus of this song. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place, fill the atmosphere. Holy Spirit, you, you are welcome here. Right? Those are great words. And think about it. How do we welcome people into our own home? Maybe you have family members coming over, friends coming over, maybe even this afternoon, right? It's and you're thinking about it right now. Hey, great, Pastor Ken, but don't go too long because we have friends coming over and I've got to get things moving here. Yeah, yeah. How do we 
welcome people into our own homes. How do we do that? Our kids, our uh, young adult children are all coming the last week of July. To, we try to get together once a week as a family and, or one week a year at least all together as a family. And they're coming the last week of July. And so we're talking and thinking, and this has been going on for a few weeks now, about, yeah, some special foods that we like, Jack's brats, yes, and maybe some baby backs, you know, it's like, so we're thinking of some special foods. When they come, we're uh, getting guest rooms ready and making, okay, everybody's going to sleep here. We have two of our sons are married now, so that's kind of multiplying the family and, uh, you know, all, all that's happening. We have at least one dog coming, maybe two dogs. You know how that goes. So uh, they're part of the family these days. So, yeah, so all that's happening. And on top of that, we're in the process. We had some water in our basement, not with this whole flood, but uh, last spring, and we're just getting back to uh, getting that all remodeled again. So, so we're doing some pray for us. That's, that's the point of this illustration right here. <laughs> pray for us, yeah. But, um, yeah, so... And why are we doing all this? Yeah, we could put the basement off and, oh, let's, let's go out. We'll get some, uh, you know, we'll, we'll grab a burger or two. Don't worry about the special food. But we're doing it because we want our kids to feel welcome. Because we love them. We want the Lord to work among us when they're here. We want to have some fun. Yeah, isn't that the way that we welcome people into our home? Friends, family, whoever they might be. Yeah, yeah. We think about it. We prepare. We clean up a little bit, don't we? We do things to get ready to welcome someone into our homes. And, and it's not rocket science. It's really the, the same with the Holy Spirit. We need to be intentional. Do a little preparation. Maybe do a little cleanup, a little confession. Lord, there's some things between me and you that I need to confess. I want the Holy Spirit to work among us as a church, right? And those types of things are exactly what you see in the New Testament, in the way that God says you can welcome the Holy Spirit, that God can be free to work among us, to be present with us as a body. So you see some do's and don'ts in the New Testament. I want to share a few of these with you. So first, the do's. Uh, make it your priority to love and learn God's Word. Now, how can we welcome the Holy Spirit? What's our responsibility in, in giving the Holy Spirit freedom to work among us for God to be present with us? Love and learn His Word. God's Word is the vocabulary of the Holy Spirit. It's what the Holy Spirit uses among us to challenge us, to strengthen us, It's the words that God wants us speaking to each other. Not our own opinion that I heard on Oprah some time ago, but the words of God encouraging one another, challenging one another. So make it your priority to love and learn God's Word. And then secondly, use good Christian songs as a way of meditating on God's Word. Uh, We're talking about in this series that Worship is a priority, but music and worship is powerful. And music is powerful. There's no doubt about it, no question about it. And so one of the ways that we can welcome the Holy Spirit's 
presence is use good worship songs that the words align with what, this, what God's Word teaches and use that to meditate on who God is and what Jesus has done for you and to open up your heart to Him. Use good worship songs. We listen to a lot of different things and sometimes we need to make it more of a priority to listen to good worship songs as a way of welcoming the Holy Spirit's work in us and among us. Another way is develop a habit of saying thank you. You see this in that passage, Ephesians 5. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, giving thanks to the Father, right? Giving thanks. So just developing a heart of thankfulness, bad attitude and griping and complaining and what's in it for me really quenches resists the work of the Holy Spirit among us, right? It grieves him, Ephesians 4.30 says. And then next, allow the Holy Spirit to teach you to pray over time. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions, the Bible says. That the Holy Spirit is involved in our prayers. So what's a way to take responsibility for the presence of God in this place and in our relationships with other believers. Allow the Holy Spirit to teach you to pray over time. As, as we, we set our hearts to pray, to worship the Lord, the Holy Spirit will nudge us. You need to confess this to the Lord and worship the Lord, and the Holy Spirit will give us assurance. You, you belong to God. You're a child of God. Don't carry that guilt. You're a child of God. He'll nudge us to pray for others. He'll bring people to mind. We have this happen, don't we? That is a work of the Holy Spirit as we pray. And as, as we talk to the Lord, as we spend time in prayer with Him, let the Holy Spirit, He does this. He's done this with me. He continues. Let the Holy Spirit teach you to pray over time. And then lastly, take every opportunity to be a blessing to others around you. The Holy Spirit's Work and power and presence is most seen when we forget about ourselves a little bit and we're willing to be a blessing to other people. When we want to step out and, and help someone and meet their need and encourage them and pray for them, that's where in the New Testament and where we see in our church as well, the Holy Spirit's presence and his power really displayed in all that. And there's a don't side of this too. So those are some of the do's. Uh, from the Bible. Here's a don't. Don't resist or grieve or quench the Holy Spirit's work in your life. These are all words from the New Testament. We can resist the Holy Spirit, sometimes by lying to Him or lying to other believers like Acts chapter 5. We can resist Him. Ah, Lord, I don't want to do that. I know you're speaking to me about this, but I don't want to serve in that way, or I'm not I'm not willing to come clean with a Christian brother or sister about a struggle in my life. I, right? Don't resist him. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't quench his work in your life. That's our responsibility uh, for God's presence among us as a church. So what should our response to all this be? What should our response be? Well, I thought about just personally just being amazed by God's plan that 
not only that God is fully present everywhere, but that he has chosen at this time to live within us. The very God Almighty lives within us through his Holy Spirit, that he works among us as his people. That's, that's amazing. It's, and it's humbling, too, isn't it? It's humbling. I need the Holy Spirit's power and presence in my life every moment of every day. And the times I don't think I need it are probably the times I need it most, right? So we need the, the Spirit's presence in our lives. It's humbling. And, and I, I, personally, I'm challenged, too, to not think too small about church, but to think God's thoughts about the church. The church is God's sacred dwelling place. And he is building us into a body, into a, a family of believers that literally experiences and displays the presence of the living God. This is not an organization where we go through religious motions and do religious things, and that, that's not what this is. This is God's sacred dwelling place. We, as the body of Christ, however and wherever we meet as the body of Christ, we are his dwelling place. Don't think small thoughts about church. Realize what's happening here, what this is, how God wants to use us. And then maybe a, a good beginning point should be the last two lines of our song, the Holy Spirit. Those lines are, Lord, let us become more aware of your presence and let us experience the glory of your goodness. That's a good prayer, isn't it? So let's pray that together. Lord, we uh, thank you for the opportunity not only to sing your praise with songs like Holy Spirit, just good songs that, that remind us of your truth and your word. But thank you that, Lord, you really are present with us. This isn't something we talk about. It's not something that's just our emotions as we worship, but it is the, the very real and living presence of you through your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we thank you. And I pray, Father, that you will work within us as individual believers, as men and women and young people to realize that we individually are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that you live within us. We can rely upon you. You will teach us and lead us. And Father, I pray too that you will encourage us and challenge us as a church to realize that we're not about a location, we're not about a building. There's nothing more special about this building, but the specialness is this church family. It's, it's a group of people who belong to you. And Lord, we pray that you will help us to take our responsibility for you being present among us and the Holy Spirit being free to work among us and through us in this community. So Lord, all this we lift up to you. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. And we ask together in Jesus' name, amen. So let's stand and worship before we leave. We, um, we sang this song before, earlier today, Holy Spirit, we'll sing it one more time as we close and um, you know there's something about repetition in worship that um, so some of us can grow weary and grow tired of 
saying or singing the same things over and over. I want to tell you, Revelation 4 and 5 gives us this picture of heaven in the throne room uh, where uh, John helps us see that there were elders and creatures and saints that fell, so the Bible says they fell prostrate, like flat, in worship before the Lord. And it's, Scripture says, they never stopped saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And so may God hear from your heart, and God may you hear from our hearts, a heart that never stops saying and never a heart that never never stops crying out to you through your spirit. So let's worship him today before we leave and may God be pleased with our, our thanks and our honor of him. Amber's going to lead us again. Let's sing along.
Amen. Uh, it's good to be here together this morning in the presence of the Lord. And I hope and pray that you will go this week more aware of the presence of the Lord and experience his goodness in your life this week. God bless you.